Hey guys, welcome back. This is CourtsHeatCourtsHeat.com and today we are bringing you another podcast episode, but this is actually a twofer in one day, meaning this morning if you know I catch it's 8 a.m., I get it. It's pretty early. It stinks to be up at 8 in the morning. Trust me, every Sunday I try to sleep in, but Today at 8 a.m., we released another podcast episode that talked about the Phoenix Suns, talked about the Lakers. That was pretty much the main of it. But then we sprinkled we sprinkled in a few more games like Celtics. And don't worry, we have news about the Celtics that we know you're gonna enjoy this podcast episode. We have everything to discuss today. And by the time I'm recording this, this is 10 minutes before the first Wizards game. First game today? Yeah, today's going to be at... Oh, dang it, I got fact-checked that. See, we actually fact-check things here at Courts of Heat. So, yeah, today at 4 p.m. is going to be Wizards, 76ers, Philly, 3-1. But the four games that are being discussed today, the four games that are being played today, what we're going to be talking about... Which would be Wizards, 76ers, Hawks, Knicks, Grizzlies, Jazz, Mavs, Clippers. And I have some bad news, good news, ugly news, every kind of news that you may or may not want to hear. But anyways, you're here on the podcast, so let's get rolling. Okay, before we get started, um, have you been here, just starting now, uh, just listen to your first or second uh, podcast episode, you've been here for a while, we're happy to have you, happy for you to be back, and we're happy that every one of you guys are subscribing, hitting that button, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, uh, Rumble, Dailymotion, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever, we're everywhere, remember to look at us, look us up by Corsa Heat, one word, Corsa Heat, one word on Google. Real quick, um, if people are missing stuff on our website, we're getting out daily content through the podcast, through our website, and through our elite membership. This is real deal. We're co- we're more cost effective. We're not more. We're cheaper than ESPN, Black and White Sports, Outkick. We're cheaper than all these other guys. We're cheaper by significant dollar amounts as we're only charging $3 per month. Hold on. You might be saying it's a huge number and it may be depending who you are. And that's per month because, look, money adds up for you and I, right? That's why I wanted to give our first month 99 cents, no rounding. Probably have to pay some tax on that, but no rounding coming from our end on 99 cents for your first month. You heard that correctly. Elite membership. Find it on courtsofheat.com or go to the description below. And I'll have those two links. One to view it, two to buy it. Woo! Better to buy it than to view it, right? Um, ball joking aside, it is free bucks after your first month. The first month is 99 cents. In that elite membership, you'll be getting four exclusive articles, one coming out every week. Four personalized coupons in every two newsletters, Friday morning and Sunday morning. And we'll be giving out a personalized emails to anyone 
that subscribes because we'll tell you when's when's ready and everything like that. Real quick, you can find us everywhere, everywhere on the internet. You can find us at twitter.com slash courts of heat. But um, YouTube, YouTube's been funky. Uh, apparently, if you put in youtube.com slash courts of heat, that takes you to an error page. So if you guys have the app or if you still like using the internet version, just go there, plus, and search bar will be the first thing that comes up. Or again, just put in one word courts of heat in the Google machine, and boom, you're ready. But yeah, we have Twitter.com slash Courts of Heat, Rumble.com slash Courts of Heat, DailyMotion.com slash Courts of Heat, Tumblr.com slash Courts of Heat, Instagram.com slash Courtside Heat, NBA. We're the only, that's our only social media handle that has NBA involved with Courts of Heat. And then every other one. I always forget about a few social media handles that we have just because we're on so many platforms Driving so much content, I can't even keep up with it most of the days, most of the time. So, okay, with that moved, with that um, pretty much wraps up on the social media and on our elite membership. Remember, we're going to have all the links down in the description below. Whether you're watching this on YouTube, Rumble, Daily Motion, or if you're doing this on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and wherever else you can find us on. Look, I wanted to bring us a second podcast episode just because this is not a set time. This isn't going to happen every single day, but I wanted to bring something up to speed. I just realized this. Today's the day that we could be having several series carried out. And I was just reviewing the schedule this morning. I'm like, you know, I got to put something together because the Wizards could be facing elimination. The Knicks could be facing elimination. The Grizzlies could be facing elimination. And the Mavericks could be deteriorating from the inside out, could just be crumbling. Not under pressure, but that's coming up. First, I want to bring up tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., to catch us on the podcast, we're going to be bringing that to a Suns edition and whatever happens in tonight's games, right? And in this Suns edition tomorrow with what's happening today, we're just going to be talking about Suns. We're going to be getting ready for game six because this is going to be the most electrifying playoff game this round one by far. I'll get to that more a little bit at the end of the podcast and, of course, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., Okay, first game we have up, of course, I said today at 4 p.m. And whenever you're watching that, even if you missed the first game, that's okay. We'll have this all down for the breakdown. It's giving you our spots early on. So, like I said, Philly leads the series 3-1 against the Wizards. Philly has some problems here. Joel Embiid has a small meniscus tear. Um, MRI confirmed that today. He's getting team and physical therapy, right? Kind of have to for that kind of stuff. His knee cannot allow him to play in today's game. And what we saw last game against, when we saw Wizards against Philly, the 76ers lost. And that becomes a problem. And I, and I hate using the term problem because you either have something that's going to go overboard Meaning, oh, man, they just we just blew it and everything. It's like, 
Well, we're never coming back. We have a solution. So, there's like a middleman problem here. Not a, like, not like a huge problem, but not a good thing. Right? So, real quick. Looking at the series, the Wizards, on May 31st, that was the last game played on that Monday, right? It was 122-114. to 114. That was the best game by far that Hachimura, Roy Hachimori, Amora played in 42 minutes, 20 points, 13 rebounds. Then you had Russell Westbrook have a huge triple-double, 19 points, 14 assists, and 21 rebounds. Being a stat, um, and being a stat stuffer and a game um, impactor in that game only, and then you have Bradley Beal going for twenty seven points. It was pretty much a uh, team effort because you had Bertans getting fifteen, Lope, Robin Lopez in nineteen minutes get sixteen points, and we saw some bad happen. We saw what happened. Now I'll, I'll do this too. Um, the Suns had to go face up against the Lakers, and the Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis. And without Anthony Davis, they can't win. LeBron showed that, but he didn't get acclimated to the point of where Anthony Davis wasn't there, and he had a lot on him, but he couldn't because he wasn't there. So LeBron wasn't as active. LeBron couldn't do all the things he normally does. And please, before anybody freaks out, I'm not comparing Ben Simmons or LeBron. I'm just comparing the situations. LeBron is aging, and he needs Anthony Davis. Ben Simmons is a terrible basketball player unless he's passing the entire time. And that's a fact. He's not. He's terrible in the sense he can't really shoot well. He needs to perfect his shot more. He can't be taking free pointers, and jumpers are just something uh, that he's decent at, right? But he's great passing. Here's the problem. Joel Embiid was scoring 30 points per game almost consistently, if not every other night. Almost consistently, you don't have your big man who's getting double-doubles every night, rebound hard, dishing out a few assists, eh, don't want to go that far. But then you have everything else that he does, right? He does a lot of things, like good defense, good offense, uh, can block a few shots. From where he's that big man that's all around. That's why he's a potential MVP. And we're still waiting on those votes to be coming in as to finalize everything. So I like to see as the most as the most exciting award besides the co- um coach of the year award, right? But staying on topic, Ben Simmons didn't really do anything else besides get 13 points and 12 rebounds. That's great and all, but you still lost the game. You couldn't hold on to anything. That game was just really choppy and really bad. It's just like you were missing something, and that piece was Joel Embiid. When Joel Embiid's healthy, they went free now. When he's not, well, they just suffered the first loss. And this is the time. If I'm this Wizards, and they're all saying Seth, um, Seth Curry and one other guy. I apologize, can't remember their guy's name. Let me look, see if I can find it. Oh, uh, wow. Okay, I'm sorry. That was Philadelphia. For some reason, Seth Curry was on uh, the Wizards. But no, 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 I'm sorry. But Philly does have George Hill and Seth Curry available for Game 5 tonight against the Wizards. They're trying to close out the series against... They're trying to close out the series without Joel Embiid. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. 
If I'm the Wizards, if I'm the Wizards, you're going to need Russell Westbrook to just do every single possession they can, get a triple-double this game, I'll hustle on rebounds, get assists because he's a great passer. Shooters, he's good. Bradley Beal is going to have to hustle. He's going to have to get into a clutch mode, into a team-carrying mode like he did last game, like Russ and Beal did last game. Because Ben Simmons can't play defense like Joel Embiid. He can't shoot like Joel Embiid. He can't do things like Joel Embiid, which was preventing the inside layups, the inside shots, and different things like that. He could play defense, but just not very good to where he can stop Russ in his tracks. Stop, um, I'm sorry, I'm Stop Berton's in his track. Stop whomever in his inner tracks. And that becomes a problem for them. Not a little problem, but a huge problem. And we're going to be seeing that more and more, right? But I obviously want the 76ers to win. Not from a bracket perspective, because I, even though I did pick them to win, and they should have won. But because... I don't believe the Wizards are that talented to get through to the second round. I think the 76ers should have enough firepower with Joel B. But since they don't, I'm, I want the 76ers to win. I'm rooting for them. But I think the expert in me, I know it sounds like really bad, but the expert in me is outweighing the fan in, in me and saying, look, the Wizards are going to win because when you have David Berton's a uh, uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, Bradley Beal, Roy Hachimori, I believe, what is that his name? I probably, I know that's his name, I probably mispronounced it. Um, Robin Lopez, uh, Danny Vachi, uh, the rookie, right? When you have those players, when you have those players, and that much firepower around defense and offense, mainly offense, I'm just saying, I can give you a world full of trouble. And the last time I looked, the 76, uh, 76ers only have um, not a healthy Ben, uh, Joel Embiid, a Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris was great in the first game. He's inclined the next two games. He's not been the same. Overplay player, player right. Uh, then you have George Hill, like I mentioned, Tyrese Maxey. Matisse Feibel, Danny Green. Do you hear what I'm saying? Two of those guys are rookies. Tobias Harris, okay. Seth Curry, he is what he is. He'll sometimes go off for a few three-pointers, a few 20-point games. Other nights, he'll give you four points. Ben Simmons, he's off and on. Joel B not being there, that's the only stable player you have, and he's not even on your team right now. So we have a problem. But. Can the 76 make it interesting today? They can. But should they get the win? No, I think in the long long run, you're going to see Brad Bill take over in the third and fourth quarter. Russell Westbrook's going to be in, be in that mix all game. And you're just going to see a dominant fashion win. Not in points, but in the impact of the game and how they get the game done in which manner. Okay. So, obviously, I'm going to be taking the Wizards tonight. Going against my bracket, still going to have Philly winning. But here's saying, if Joel B can't be back, 
this 76ers team is not going to win. And that's a shame because they should have closed out the series. But Ben Simmons doesn't know how. And he does not have the firepower with him. Um, Another 3-1 lead, which is happening today at 4.30 p.m., Hawks-Knicks. Man, this series was supposed to be something. It was supposed to be something huge, and it was. Game 1, Game 2, and up to Game 3 was great. But Game 4 was a better showing for the Hawks. The Hawks did it. They won both times in Atlanta. And I knew that was going to happen because when you have John Collins, when you have Trey Young, who Trey Young's just better skilled, right? You're going to win. Clint Capel's been having his games. Bogdanovich was having his game. Kevin Herter was there. Uh, DeAndre Herter. Uh, DeAndre Hunter was there. Cam Reddish. Uh, if I were to say Clint Capella, they have really good firepower. And that's not me saying, that's not me trying to give like a broad analysis like, oh, they have the better firepower. It just is. Trey Young, elite shooter. In that matchup against the Knicks, better shooter. Right? Him and RJ Barrett will go at it shooting wise. Um, just looking at stats, looking at just an analyzing player what he's done over his career so far. Those two who are relatively uh at the same age, same year wise in the NBA, those two are great shooters, but Trey Young is the better shooter. Bogdan Hanovich can hit free points. He's the better free point shooter on when either team Clint Capella. Clint Capella get, does get outmatched against Joyce Randall, but for whatever reason, they just Joyce like Clint Capella just can't be stopped sometimes. And I'm not saying and this is not me saying on the point side of it, I'm saying on the rebounding side. He's he's getting 12, 12, 15 rebounds. Uh two assists these past two games. 15 and 12 and 12 rebounds, like I just mentioned. And, and combine like, 30 minutes per game on average. Do you know what I'm saying that is? And I would take Julius Randle over Clint Capella just for the sake of it. John Collins, he's a great midpoint shooter. He's a great power forward, right? I like what he can do in the paint. He can spread himself out, space the court. Just to get a little separation, create his own shots. Uh, Gallinari, huh, 2K, hated me with him when he was on the uh, Hornets. But Gallinari's not bad. He's not the greatest thing in the world. But last game, we did cook up 21 points. Uh, 28th, that was 12 points. But his shooting could be on and off. He could be very inconsistent at times. And non-productive. But that's all I'm going to say about him. Right? And then you come down to Herder Hunter. They're good. Chris Dunn, they're good. You got to start making back up your bench. Their bench. The bench is good. I believe the bench outranks the Knicks bench. I believe Trey Young outranks RJ Barrett. I believe Bogdan Donovich outranks um, Derrick Rose. Clint Capella gets outranged by Joyce Randall. It's really joy. It comes down to RJ Barrett and Joyce Randall. Sadly, the Knicks just after winning Game One, after winning Game One, you ready? Has lost the last three, right? I'm checking that. 
I'm sorry, they won the second game. So Hawks won first game, the game two went to the Knicks, but then they lost their next two against the Hawks in Atlanta. And now it's so significant. Both in more than 11 point uh, wins. More than 11 point wins. The only time it was close for the uh, Knicks when they lost was in game one when the Hawks put the dagger to him. More like Trey Young after Derrick Rose tied it, but then the dagger came of just obliterating them. Again, past the wing and just shooting a pretty floater. Look, I, I, you can watch all the film you can, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, the Hawks set their tone. And I thought this was going to be more impressive. I saw we were going to have something a little more, especially after game two. But those Atlanta runs killed them. And anytime they're in Atlanta, they fail. Trey Young feeds off the crowd. Uh, Trey Young's been responding perfectly to the Knicks crowd. Tom Thibodeau has not had an answer to stop Trey Young yet. Trey Young's just been shooting a three-pointer, mid-jumpers, scoring, driving to the lane, passing the ball amazingly. Uh, rebounds are not his thing, but I don't need that to be his thing. Just shooting and passing, right? Right, it's just like the Knicks are good, but Julius Randle is a most improved player. He's not the team you want to build. He's not the guy you want to build a team around. R.J. Barrett would, and R.J. Barrett's still trying to get, just still trying to get inching closer and closer to being that starter form. R.J. Barrett's great, just not to where everybody's hyping him up to be. And here's the thing: I'm just gonna say, this is the Knicks. The Knicks had a great regular season, but I'm not diminishing what they do. I say the Hawks are going to win this game, but what more significant, what more significant is going to come out of this? You ready? The Knicks are the better team going into next year, meaning the Knicks have just shown light that with under Tom Thibodeau, and this is Tom Thibodeau's first year um, being the head coach and getting some of these players post-trade in the draft, they showed, hey, we just beat the organization's expectations. We just beat the fans' um, expectations. And we beat all of ours' expectations. It works. Tom Thibodeau made a great game plan. His scheme is perfect. And even if we lose in the first round, at least we won a game so it wasn't a sweep. And at least we made it interesting. At least we picked ourselves up after five years or uh Give or die, give or take six years, six or seven years since being in the plaza of Mellow, and then really being something post Patrick Ewing. I wasn't expecting them to go into second round of winner, third round of winner, NBA Finals to win. And no, I thought they were just going to win the first round and lose in the second round against Philly, right? If we're going off my brackets, I was choosing Philly to win, and so were the Knicks. But now that I'm looking at it, and after seeing game three and four, I'm now picking the Hawks to win. I'm not trying to go back on my brackets, because all three of them said the Knicks were going to win. But I'm just saying, now look at what's happening here. Now they are in New York. I think if they win this game, then they go back to Atlanta. I think it gives them a little more motiv- uh, motivation, a little momentum. And I believe that would change the landscape. Not a lot of things, but in certain areas. And they could try to force a game six. But I don't know. It's going to be a tall task. Um, tall task to try to. But here's the thing. You need more to be done than just Joyce Randall and RJ Barrett. They combined for 44 points last game.
and for 16 rebounds and 11 assists. That's really good, but now you need another player because that's what the, uh, the Hawks have just too many good players. They have a great player in Trey Young, a good player in everyone else, and it combines and it works for that team. And under Nate McMillan, not Lloyd Pierce, I'm going to get to him in a minute because if this upcoming team um, signs Lloyd Pierce, I never watch him one of their games again because I do not respect Lloyd Pierce coaching ability. Here's why. Uh, we're going to get to that in a little bit. But that's where I'm coming from. That's where I'm coming from. So I'm going to take the Hawks. I like the Knicks to win. Knicks are my preferred team to win, trust me. Going off of brackets and just fan favor. But I believe the Hawks are going to win it. I think the Knicks could try to punch it home. I think in the fourth quarter, it's really going to become Trey Young's game. I think it's going to battle down to Trey Young, RJ Barrett, and Joyce Randall, who wants it more. And who's not gassed by the fourth quarter. And how substitutions, rotations, where your starting lamps out there and what time, or your second unit's coming in. All these different things, right? But I'm torn. I'm going to... I'm going to change it from the Hawks. I'm sorry. I'm just going to do Knicks. I'm going to take the Knicks by four. I still think there's going to be a chance. And this is going to be like a 5% chance that they win. I'm just going to be honest. 5% chance that the Knicks win. I want them to win. My fa- The fan of me says it's going to be a 50-50 game. But the expert of me says they only got a 5% chance. Just because I saw in Atlanta where I see the momentum going, where I just see the series taking off. And if that's the case, then we won't even need to go to Friday, June 4th. We won't need to. Um, we say first day. No. Oh, I'm sorry. For some reason, I thought they were doing day by day. I'm sorry. No, uh, apologies. Okay. Um, let's see. I'll speed this up a little bit because these next, uh, well, these next two games, I believe, because four games are being played today. Um, let's get to it. Let's get to Grizzlies Jazz. I made the world's worst decision because I saw Donovan Mitchell was not going to be at 100%, which he isn't right now. And I saw he wasn't going to be a force to be reckoned with against the Grizzlies. I saw the Grizzlies could actually win their game, at least win the series. I was poorly mistaken. And I don't remember any one of my free brackets saying, oh, look, you did it. The Jazz, I maybe I picked the Jazz one out of three times in the bracket, but... Um, long story short, Jazz over the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies has been a disappointment since Donovan Mitchell returned for the Jazz. And the Jazz have just been stomping them into the ground. Everybody's been working her point. Mike Connolly's been doing things. Donovan Mitchell's been taking over. And it's just been that way. And it's, I'm not talking about blowouts. I'm just saying, since the return, the Grizzlies have dropped free straight. Whether in Memphis or in Utah. And Grizzlies gave up both, gave up their home court advantage in both of those games. And it comes to no shock to me now because Donovan Mitchell put up 30. Rudy Gobert put up 17, right? It just goes to show that now the Grizzlies are just being outmatched just because the Jazz could. Because even the game on the 29th, of May, which was a Saturday, when the Jazz won to make it 2-1. That's when Donovan Mitchell went for 29. Connolly, 27. Gobert and Bogdanovich, 15 each. And then you had Ron Clarkson for 15. 
who Jordan Clarkson's the most, uh, sorry, sixth man of the year type player. He won that award. So, needless to say, I'm taking, I'm, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. I'm taking the Jazz. Easy decision. Not going to regret it. I regret my brackets. I got too caught up. In the first game, I got too up and I got too caught up in thinking the Grizzlies were actually a puff team. Remember when I made that Steve Kerr video, that Warriors Memphis thing? They were only a playing team because of the tournament that saved their butts. I don't know what I was thinking, but there's no excuses now. And now we just play on. Last game, and now again some breaking news. Um, at 7 p.m. today, we're gonna have Mavs against Clippers. Mavs are struggling hard as you do not have a healthy Luka Doncic because he has a neck strain. And Chris Alperzing is still dealing with injuries. Not 100%. He's been doing that without the entire season. and But he still thinks he's returned somewhat of his decent form. But this one's going to be interesting. The Claw, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George has been laying a smackdown these past two games. Man, Kawhi Leonard. It was funny. I read a stat out. Uh, was it was it last season? Yeah, and from 2019 to 2020, when, uh, whenever Kawhi's down 2 nothing, when his team's down, he somehow makes it come back. And somehow he turns it on. He did that to the Bucks. when I believe when it was at the Raptors. Uh... Yeah, either with the uh, some of the Raptors or Clippers, I can't remember when he did to the Bucks. Won the next four games, four to two. Then he just kept rolling past teams. You can fu- make fun of you want because the last season's debacle, but now we're focusing on this. And the Mavericks are have lost two straight. And in fact, L.A. If you lose to the Clippers after hometown, you drop it three to two. Now to the Clippers. I'm taking the Clippers for a sure way. They should have been a blowout. They should have been a sweep. But somehow, the Clippers are holding on. And Kawhi Leonard is trying to get back to his winning ways. After Even after everyone was bashing on him. Saying, oh, I guess he doesn't want to be a winning team anymore. Which we've seen last season, this season. But I think now Kawhi Leonard's like, okay. Time to finish this. Time to win again. With or without... Paul George, who's just been sad this entire uh, season, this past season. I want Paul George off this team. Please, this experiment needs to end. Unless they can make it to some third round whatnot. But this is also a trying time for the Clippers because Kawhi Leonard, speaking of him, has his contract coming up at the end of the season. Which is not great because it's make or break. So can the Clippers get back? Could he go to the Lakers? Because everyone was talking about that. Would he want to continue with this experiment? Or would he want to try to win their championship before his time really comes up? Because he did something with the Spurs. He did with the Raptors. It would be amazing if he was able to win a championship every time he was on every single team with. But I don't think it's going to be the case with the Clippers. Especially not this year. Just my feeling on it. But I'm going to take the Clippers in this game. Going off of brackets because my brackets are screw, uh, skewed on this one. Yes, they're skewed on this on these. And I'm gonna take the Clippers because Don Doncic. Yes, he's available to play. He's not gonna be healthy. He's not gonna be doing. His mobility is gonna be down due to the fact of his neck. Um, and he's been that way for the past two games. 
and it's shown against the Clippers. And this is where Kawhi Leonard goes up free two with the supporting cast of Paul George. Okay, a lot of uh, some interesting breaking news happened today, especially, especially might I say, for the Celtics. And this is why I said I'm going to talk about Lloyd Pierce. I'm also going to talk about Jason Kidd. I'm going to talk about Danny Age. I'm going to talk about Brad Stevens. And pretty much when I list of all those names, you should know now, by now what I'm talking about. But I'm going to say it anyways. And this was the fact that this morning around 7 a.m., 7 a.m., 7.30 a.m., the news broke Arizona time that the clip, I'm um, sorry, that the Celtics um, have announced that Danny H um, has stepped down as president of basketball operations of the Celtics and will make Brad Stevens the full-time president of basketball operations. The Celtics will begin the search for a new head coach immediately. And two names that came to mind and pure speculation is uh, assistant head coach Jason Kidd of the Lakers, which could be coming available this Friday. I mean, this Thursday or Saturday. One or two, and you have uh, free agent head coach Lloyd Pierce, who ruined the uh, Hawks, who couldn't do a thing with Trey Young, left them, uh, what was it, 8-20, and 20, something like that, horrible losing record, and they're able to take it over. Thanks to name McMillan. But yeah, this was the significant news. Danny H is retiring from that position. It's still going to have an active role in the organization if I read the news correctly and if I got it right. But Brad Stevens is no longer the head coach. And let me say this to you. This is why he did not go to Indiana. Not for that seven-year, $70 million contract, which is a sweet guaranteed money, guaranteeing everything. No, I believe they offered him this position when they told the team yesterday. They didn't make up their mind yesterday. They made up their mind. They made this known when he got the offer from Indiana. And they're like, stop. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll give you a higher position. We'll give you more money, more power, more control. We'll give you what you want and more. And it worked. He stayed. And it worked. They went through their promise. And they made him the president of basketball operations of the Boston Celtics. So now that means they're going to try to find a new head coach. But now Brad Stevens will be involved on making a new head coach. He'll be there for the signings, for agency, the draft. He'll be in the know. He is now part of the front office. So after 9 or 10 years, how long it's been with Brad Stevens being the head coach of the Boston Celtics? He is now done there and still with the Celtics, but now going to uh, the president of basketball operations. That That's significant. I, tell you, I can't tell you how significant that is. Going to the Pops, losing, didn't have a great season. Things were looking right or bright or right for the Celtics North Stevenson. Stevens, they thought they were going to split. He said no. And now you're making basketball operations. I think this is going to be a significant move. Because I think he's going to be the pot, or, uh, type front office guy. I think he's going to be the kind of president that's going to make some moves. Try to inform the Celtics of what to do next. Get this team back on track. And he's going to need a new head coach. 
I think it's time to move past Brad Stevens, which they did, as head coach only. I, I like him in our role, but not as head coach anymore. So that's experiments done. And they get someone like Jason Kidd. Why Jason Kidd? Of course, he was a foreign player, but he's going to have that IQ. He's got that knowledge. He's been prospected so many times for being a new head coach of many teams. We saw it was going to be the case with the Phoenix Suns three years ago. We saw it was going to be the case with the Pacers. And now we have the Celtics game. So speculation may be over. If I'm the Celtics, I would hire Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd is that offensive and defensive mind type guy. He'll bring the scheme. He'll teach um, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and whoever else is on that team how to be how to be a winner, how to score more efficient, how to be explosive, how to build more chemistry, how to be more passive. Because Jason Kidd was an amazing passer, right? Amazing shooter. He'll have that IQ. He'll have that awareness. He'll be like, yeah, look at everything. He'll take everything under consideration. And he knows because he was once a player. So he'll know everything that's going on. He'll know how to break it down even more. And I like that. And I'll make another video of this going more in depth on why Jason Kidd should be the head coach. But he'll develop these players. He'll turn this team into above 500 team. Take him to the postseason. Not in the first season, maybe in the second season, just because you're getting more players and whatnot. Kemba's not resigning with the Celtics, most likely not, as it was already confirmed. It's going to take some time to be a real playoff contending team. They bowed in the playing tournament. I congratulate them on that. I congratulate them on that. But look, it's time. It's, It's time. And I think it's time. To get a right head coach, see Brad Stevens observing, uh, uh, ranking over that, try to help the best that he can. I think that he's gonna make the best president. Danny H was really good. Danny H pulled some amazing trades, but I think it was time for the 74 year old to step down. And I think it's time for Brad Stevens to take this out for a spin. See what he can do. See what he can make through trades, free agency, deadlines, contracts, things like that. And let's just hope that Brad Stevens can talk players into coming to TD Gardens. Because um, here's the thing. Um, I was talking about Floyd Pierce. If you want, If you want to know how to win games... Have a winning culture, a winning team, something that means something and not just saying, we have Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd Pierce is a joke. He's not a good head coach. He didn't know what to do with Trey Young. That's why Lloyd Pierce is fired during the middle of the season. And thanks to Naaman Mellon, they're in the plus. Not Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd Pierce is bad. Sure, you say he... He was a he was a foreign player for four years. Here's the saying. He never did anything. And for he was also an assistant coach. Then from twenty eighteen to um to now, well in the mid of the beginning of the season, he was just bad. And I, you can say all you want about him. But he was 63-120. 
He was 63 and 120. That was his record. 63 wins and 120 losses. His win loss percentage, ready, was 344. Below 500 and sitting around 344. He never finished the season above 500. First season was 29.53. Then, when you had Trey Young, don't worry, he was 20 and 47. And then when he exited, he was 14 and 20. I'm sorry, he was 14 and 20 when he left that team, when he got fired, which was so good because Nate McMillan took it over. How ironic that you actually put a good put someone good in there, where in turn not put a good head coach in for Atlanta and actually win. Not some um, player development assistant coach type player. I mean type coach. Yeah, what what a bomb. If he actually gets considered, I I would actually lose my mind because if you want to have a winning if you want to have winning chances and you don't want to squander away the opportunities that you have with Jason Tatum, who's a star, Jalen Brown, who could be turned into a star, and all these different things, don't lose your chances. Get Jason Kidd. Get someone else. Get somebody that's not Lloyd Pierce. Just don't. And I don't think Brad Stevens is going to pull the trigger on getting Lloyd Pierce. Because I think he knows too well, he knows he's very smart, that he would not ruin his Celtics team. Just be known as the guy that got Lloyd Pierce. Because if anybody looks up Lloyd Pierce, never made it to the playoffs. Was a player development coach. And then he made it to assistant coach. And then he became the world's worst head coach besides Stan Van Gundy. I'm just saying, there's not too much different. When you can't utilize all the talent that Hawks have, then Nate McMillan, first year interim coach, head coach. Um, and within 28 games, 20 games of the season, he turned around that team. You couldn't do that in three seasons. That's perfect. And that's bad. And that's why you do not want him to have him. Because Boston has a chance of being 500 again next season. And that's why you need a good head coach to bring in a winning culture and whatnot. Besides that, that's all the breaking news that we have today. Like we said, nothing... Like we said in the past weeks, past months, nothing more is going to be happening. Right? There's not going to be all these huge breaking news. Trade on closed. Everything's closed. Besides the fact that Stevens won, I mean, Stevens took over for Ainge as Celtics president. And that different things are going on within the playoffs. Like we have the Phoenix Suns and the Lakers. That one's coming out tomorrow morning. I talked about that yesterday. And I don't want to keep talking about the Phoenix Suns. I want to talk about different teams and different things like that. There's just not that much stuff between Joel Embiid's uh, small meniscus tear. I believe in his right knee. And then confirmed by the MRI. I know I was talking about that earlier. And then now this stuff with Danny Age, Brad Stevens. And hopefully nothing does with Lloyd Pierce. Because if Lloyd Pierce is the head coach, I never, never ever watching a Celtics game again unless they're getting blown out. And hey, a lot of Lloyd Pierce's games they play as a co a that he was coaching got blown out. But I guess those twenty and fifty seven seasons are really helping, right? So that is where we'll be at. That is all I have in store for today's 
Uh, second podcast episode. The first one was here was at 8 a.m. This one was just a fun one just because of all the matchups that are happening right now. Uh, the Wizards game is going on right now. Just the time that I am recording this. Probably when the time you guys see this because it's going to be here way before 5 o'clock. But right now, the Wizards are beating the 76ers. So I would highly uh, recommend watching that game if you want to see what happens to the 76ers. Four games are going to be played today. One's already in progress. To, uh, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, I, I might I might lose all my hair tomorrow because I'm going to be so stressed when it comes to um, Lakers-Suns because I want the Suns to win. But I also have to remember who we're fighting against. We're fighting against going up against LeBron James um, and Anthony Davis. Go watch the last podcast episode uh, where we broke down that game. Why we have an aging LeBron and what we can do about Anthony Davis. Davis is more likely going to play tomorrow. Not fully healthy, but out of will and trying to help his team force a game seven in L.A. Um, yeah, that's all I got for today's episode. Well, we'll be back here again 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. Breaking down the suns, bringing all things down, basketball. With more predictions sure to go wrong. Hey, but I'm getting some things right. I predicted the Bucks heat. I'm going to have a great special coming on Friday along with everything else. Talking about why the Bucks are some real deal team. Breaking out all the hard burning questions inside our fans' eyes and our minds and everything else. About the Bucks, if the Suns can make it. I'm either going to be happy on Friday or going to be mad on Friday. Depending on how the Suns play. Tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. I'll see you on the next podcast episode. Thank you for listening or watching.